Welcome to the Confluence Investment Asset Allocation Weekly Podcast. I'm Phil Adler, your moderator, and our guest today is Confluence Investment Management Staff Economist Thomas Walsh. The Asset Allocation Weekly Report, dated August 28, 2020, tackles the question of whether generous unemployment benefits contribute to a high unemployment rate. This is a question that's certainly pertinent right now as Congress considers how much the federal government should supplement weekly state unemployment benefits during this recession, and also as lawmakers wrestle with the question of whether more generous benefits discourage workers from returning to their jobs. Thomas, at first, the answer to me uh, appears obvious. If I earn more money accepting unemployment benefits than returning to my job, of course, I'll take the benefits. But the confluence position is basically not so fast. What are mitigating circumstances that kind of muddy the waters? It is important to know that opportunity costs matter, especially in a time of growing uncertainty. So when a worker is weighing whether to choose between a job or benefits, the decision relies heavily on their outlook of the job market. If they expect jobs will be plentiful in the future, then it makes sense for them to accept benefits now while they are still generous. However, if they expect jobs to be rather scarce in the future, it may make more sense for them to accept a job now rather than risk using up their unemployment benefits all at once. So the answer may depend on whether we're in an economic expansion or mired in recession? Exactly. What most people forget is that the unemployment rate is a lagging indicator as opposed to a leading or coincident indicator. Therefore, the unemployment rate is likely to rise even when the economy is experiencing a recovery. To prevent a dip of morale, firms generally prefer to lay off workers all at once as opposed to doing so on a rolling basis, which is why they prefer to wait until after a recession to do it. If you are a worker, a job provides a relatively stable and reliable source of income, especially during a recession. As a result, you may only accept benefits as a last resort. Thomas, does current widely accepted data lead to any firm conclusions about whether the recent spate of higher benefits has helped boost the unemployment rate? Broadly speaking, we haven't found anything in the data that would suggest that there is a relationship between the unemployment rate and higher benefits. However, when we looked at the top 10 states by outstanding continuing claims, we found that states offering the most generous benefits had the lowest unemployment rate. That said, we suspect that job availability and not higher benefits is the driving factor in this relationship. Another way of thinking about this situation is that if nothing else matters, Increasing benefits for unemployment should encourage more of it. But there is a missing variable in this, and that variable is the job outlook. Now, your own research reveals differences between highly populated and lower populated states in people's tendency to access unemployment benefits. What are those differences, and how do you explain them? We suspect that workers that live in areas with high population density are relatively more receptive to benefits compared to workers that don't live in those areas. We suspect that the former may have more access to jobs than the latter, which is why they are more willing to accept benefits. So can we say that job availability is generally the key influence on people's decisions to take advantage of unemployment benefits as opposed to the generosity of those benefits? We can't say so conclusively, but our research would suggest that it is definitely one of the key elements. 
Other elements could be workers' access to health benefits, everyday social interactions, ability to gain additional work experience, etc. How about availability of childcare? If childcare is not available or if pandemic concerns predominate, might parents choose not to return to work and apply for benefits because of that reason alone? Although childcare is a concern and can contribute to people wanting to accept benefit, it is important to realize that these unemployment benefits are temporary. At some point, at least one of these parents will have to return to work. So job availability will likely be a top priority whether or not childcare is available. And of course, uh, the availability of generous unemployment benefits has a multiplier effect because parents don't have to pay for childcare during the time benefits are available. Might that be another consideration when measuring consumer behavior? Oh, yes. I believe that benefits have contributed to rising consumption and likely boosted morale. The enhanced benefits encourage families to eat out, take on housing projects, and for some, even purchase a new car. Without the enhancement, a lot of these families would have used their savings to fund these expenditures, and this would have weighed heavily on their morale. Thomas, in your written report, you urge lawmakers to be cautious regarding any decision to reduce the federal weekly unemployment benefit supplement, perhaps more cautious than usual. Why? We are living in a chaotic time. As a result, it is difficult to predict policy outcomes with any level of certainty. A cautious approach would be helpful in preventing a possible policy mistake, as it would make it easier to track the economic impact in real time and possibly reverse some of the mistakes. Do you think that generous unemployment benefits that help the economy now probably outweigh the negative effects of deficit spending in the future? Yes. Although the deficit is an issue, the government can address it by raising taxes and cutting spending. My fear is that if generous benefits go away, consumers could become more cautious in their spending. This cautiousness, if deeply entrenched, would be a lot more complicated for the government to address. Remember, this is the second once-in-a-lifetime economic crisis to happen in less than 15 years. The psychological effects from the first one still haunts many of us today. This is especially true for millennials who are still reluctant to buy a home even when interest rates are at their record lows. If people begin to fear that a recession can happen at any moment, many of them could decide to consume less, which would have a dampening impact on future economic growth. Well, we've experienced uh, at the time of this recording a couple of weeks now with reduced benefits as Congress fails to reach agreement on the amount and extension of the, uh, the federal supplemental benefit. Have we learned anything from this time period? At this time, it is too soon to say. The Bloomberg Weekly Consumer Comfort data shows that personal finances have weakened slightly since July, but other than that, confidence has remained the same. And how might this issue impact asset allocation decisions? Our work suggests that cutting stimulus could harm the economy more than lost work from potential workers accepting unemployment benefits. And so if additional stimulus isn't forthcoming, asset allocators may refrain from positions that benefit from economic expansions, such as cyclical stocks. Thank you, Thomas. You can find a link to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report on the front page of confluenceinvestment.com. Also on that page, you can find a link to a PowerPoint presentation discussing charts which support the Confluence Outlook. 
Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.